1: Hey, this is John Ricci from Exciter, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
2: This is Alex Lannenberg from Twenty One Octane, and Luca Torres Rhapsody, and you are listening to Talking Metal. Stay metal. Molson Canadian presents Heavy
1: Montreal, August 9th and 10th, outdoors at Parc Jean-Drapeau, featuring Bataka Slayer, The Offspring, performing Smash at Lambeau Guide Festival passes on sale now. Visit
3: heavymontreal.com. Produced by Eventco.
0: Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John.
4: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Talking Metal, John Astronomy here, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft studio, Jersey City, New Jersey. On Skype, we have... Mark Striegel.
3: Yes, we are actually testing some new software here, guys. So, this is kind of a guinea pig episode. I think it's going to sound all right. We normally, when John and I have done a non live show version of the Talking Metal podcast, he records on his end and I record on my end. We're trying something new where I'm just recording both of us. So, we'll see how that sounds. And I think it's going to sound pretty good. Um, and we may continue to do it this way going forward, or we may revert back to recording um, separately. There's a bunch of information you guys probably don't need to know, but <laughs> very technical information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, some it's a Sunday. You guys will probably be hearing this uh, on Tuesday, uh, a few days later. But the big news today in the heavy metal world: uh, a, f- a friend of ours, uh, Rob Dukes, who's been on Talking Metal, probably. Oh, but, Including the jams on, on the TV show. And it has to be at least six or seven times, um, including both jams. We jammed a Metallica song with him in Exodus. We jammed a Sabbath song with him. And I believe we. you interviewed him once backstage, and I, I interviewed him twice, I think, without you. And then we interviewed him once together at a bar. So he's been on Talking Metal yeah. tons of times. He was on our 400th episode uh, with generation kill but big news about rob dukes today which i'm a little surprised by he's out of exodus uh sunday breaking news on talking metal or just actually we didn't break the news i I read it on loudwire wow i actually
4: went to blabbermouth right after i got your text and i saw they had two different stories on it and one was They got the story, and then the second one was an update to that and that uh, Gary Holt and Exodus issued a statement. So, yeah, definitely um, some surprising news. I'm very surprised by it. One of the reasons I'm surprised by it is because I thought Rob Dukes was such a great fit with Exodus, and they seemed to have been getting along so well. And also, there have been a lot of back-and-forth comments between the Exodus guys or some of the Exodus guys and steve the former singer so um kind of a surprising thing to say the least
3: yeah i mean i i, I only am speculating here who knows what the real reason is but uh, you know by the way guys before i say my speculation uh let's let's uh announce the guests on today's show we have john ritchie from exciter and also alex landenberg from 21 octane but it's interesting because Exciter is getting back together with the original three members and John Ritchie is going to tell us all about that in a few minutes. But um, I, I really wonder with Exodus if it kind of ties into the Exciter thing because I, I think there's a demand to see like these former members rejoin the band and I, I can't help but wonder with Exodus if this is a financial decision maybe that maybe there's some big festivals or something that are going to pay bigger money to have Exodus with Steve than they would with Dukes. This is totally guesswork. I have no knowledge of anything. I'm, I just, I I just don't understand it. I'm I'm very confused by it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Who knows?
4: Yeah. I had just been watching, um, and checking out all of Rob's Facebook posts lately, and he seemed to be doing great. He just got married and uh, looked like he was on some kind of motorcycle trip. Uh, and it was just very cool. And I kept hitting like and congratulations and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, very surprising. Would um, You know, I hope everything's cool with him. You know, I'm sure things are cool with him personally, but I, you know, uh, wonder if this was some kind of a shocking thing or if this was just something he knew about and just wasn't saying
3: or or what. Yeah, who knows? And I guess if there's any good news to come from this, it's maybe that we'll get more Generation Kill, which is uh, a band of of Robs that he's kind of, I guess I would say, done on the. <laughs> maybe this will mean he goes full time with them. Who knows what's happening? And yep. I actually need to research it a little bit more. Again, I just literally read this story uh, a few hours ago, but but yeah, big news. But anyways, to, on today's podcast, again, John Ricci from Exciter and a great drummer by the name of Alex, who is playing in a band called 21 Octane. So stay tuned for those interviews, guys. And John, you haven't heard these interviews yet. They're they're good.
4: Correct, correct. I thought you were going to say 21 Jump Street. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know that's not a good job remember that show 21 jump street yeah then there was a movie movie, right yeah Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. with jonah hill by the way i was going through um and i I don't want to insult anyone here but i was going through blabbermouth and i see this wasp thing and i see blackie lawless and i think he looks like me in the photo which i feel bad for blackie lawless because i always thought he was cool looking (laughs) and i'm not so when i saw this i was like oh my god it looks exactly like me and there's, uh, you know, I, I need what they call the lifestyle lift. It's like a special facelift, and I think if I would have that, I would look a lot better. And uh, Blackie, of course, may not need it, but he is looking a little like me. So um, I'm sorry, Blackie, if uh, looking like me is a bad thing, but I think that you kind of look like me in this photograph.
3: Wow, the lifestyle <laughs> lift. Yeah, I could probably use one
4: yes, of those. Yes, I need the lifestyle too. lift. It's It's the thing, like, where they your uh, next like under your lips uh, like older people get these lines and um, I think I'm starting to get them and uh, you know I I think Blackie Lawless is one of the coolest guys and if the worst thing I can ever say is that I think that him and uh, myself look a little bit of a uh, like I I normally don't think that's uh, um, not a compliment but uh, if if Blackie feels that it is uh, not a compliment. I apologize. But... <laughs> All
3: right,
4: and I don't think he needs Blackie. If to you're die.
3: listening, no offense. Right, yes,
4: <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I love Blackie Louse. I swear
3: to God, I, I mean, I'm we've just never, we've never had him on the show. It I know seem like I he like like does to a ton him. of uh, interviews. interviews. I don't, I don't stuff. see yeah. him popping up much on Blabbermouth with uh, interviews. Yeah. I may be mistaken. I don't know. But speaking of Wasp, you right. and I saw a former Wasp drummer perform. Two nights ago uh, in Poughkeepsie, New York, which is according to MapQuest, only ninety minutes from Manhattan. However, it took John and I like three hours to get there. <laughs> yeah, I know
4: <laughs> it seemed like it was pretty far, and yeah um, you know, and plus anytime you're trying to drive out of Manhattan at uh rush hour, uh it gets crazy and here's the weirdest thing they had us like leave Manhattan, go to Jersey. And we think then come back to New York. New York State. And we, yeah. yeah, New York State. And we knew that we were going to come back to New York State because Jersey on the, the west side of the Hudson River also borders New York State. But what I didn't realize is that I think we came back across the Hudson River and not sure we could we figure did. all We this did out. on
3: that one bridge, I think, where we were right. going, you know, that real scenic bridge. I think that was when we went back from Jersey. Or, well... Actually, because state New York, New York, to, yeah, over to the other side of New York. Because the once you get correct, it, correct. deep into New York State, you know, the Hudson River is still up there. Who cares? No, anyways, right. no one knows what we're talking about. But uh, yeah. So, Three falls so on
4: the Palisades Parkway, how many minutes? <laughs> <take?
3: Okay, laughs> yeah, that's a jerky reference. Yeah, yeah. But we we uh, definitely definitely had a, a good hike up there. We met up with Mitch and the band that we're talking about is a band called Four by Fate, which we're going to come back and talk about. In a bit, but why don't we get into some classic Exciter right now and hear from John Ricci of Exciter? He's going to tell us all about the exciting news. The original three are back together with that classic Exciter lineup. This is kind of a strange story, John. Uh, a lot of drama, a lot of real weirdness, and uh, let's check it out right now. We'll get into a classic song by Exciter. Followed by my interview with John Ricci of Exciter.
0: Sounds
5: good. Sounds good. all of all that guy will follow suit. Fight with the rebels, kill the old men not death. Fall into ashes, you're breathing to know that's crap. Fly like boots across the sky, you better run and high. The beast will roar from deep inside. You come to a throne. You really you're not alone.
3: guys, it's Mark Striegel from Talking Metal, and on the line we have John from Exciter. How are you, John? Good, Mark. I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for checking in with us, and obviously the big news that we've been hearing is the classic lineup, the original three of Exciter have reunited, and you have a date on the calendar for 2015, so I want to talk to you about this and see how it all came about.
1: Um, I guess we're referring to the uh, the Kid Festival in Germany.
3: Yeah, 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 that you, Alan, and Dan will be reuniting for that festival, right?
1: That's correct. um when I made the announcement, um, I got emails and complimentary you know comments from people from all over the world about how happy they were to hear that the original band was back together, the, the original lineup. You know, over the years, while well, I was touring with the former Exciter, I, I heard it all the time. It would be on the road, and, you know, people in the industry would say, you know, don't take this uh, too personally, but, you know, it'd be great if the original band was back together. Now, back then, of course, it was the furthest thing from my mind, because uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, you know, I had no idea that I, I was going to have trouble, you know, in years down the road with the band members. And, um,. So a really big fan of ours, Ollie, who who's the promoter for the Keep It True Festival in Germany, and we had played there uh, a few years ago. When he heard the news, he was the first guy to make us an offer to um, to actually headline, um, uh, I think it's a two-day event, uh, one of the days we're going to be headlining, uh, I think it's April 25th, <laughs> 2015. I, so, I have down April 24th, and I don't okay, know, but you we'll might know right better than me. No, 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 you're right. <laughs> it's the 24th, yeah. And um, so, yeah, we had overwhelming response uh, when I made the announcement that the original band was getting back together. Now, what led to that, um, I had some problems with the band members uh, last fall. I was trying to make changes. Um, the band kind of revolted against my decision-making. So the whole lineup just fell apart after that. And what I did know that, uh, you know, Alan Johnson and Dan Beeler, the original guys, were watching on the sidelines all this unfolding. And uh, when the former lineup completely dissolved, you know, Dan Beeler came to see me, and he said, you know what, we've been watching you, struggling through this turmoil that the band members... Have been giving you, and you know, let's just get back together and just pick up the pieces and just continue where we left off. And that's that's what happened.
3: Okay, well, that's that's that. There's a lot there. What you just said. So I want to kind of dissect a little bit of it. I guess we'll start with the the strange announcement back in February that you were retiring. You were leaving Exciter, and you were retiring. It was that was that false. Was that not a statement that you put out?
1: No, never. I never did. The former members just decided they're going to word it that way. Um, you know, when I had a falling out with the band members, I did say, I was so stressed out, I mean, I don't want to get into detail about the whole thing, but I was so stressed, I did say to them, I need a break from music. But, I, I mean, to me, that's not saying I'm retiring, you know? Right. Right. Uh, I mean, so they interpreted that. Oh, well, John doesn't want to play music anymore, you know. And uh, so I never, I never even hinted at that. They just, I think, they were just covering up what the real story uh, behind the whole uprising was, in my opinion. So, so when they made that announcement, well, I got flooded with more emails from all over the world saying, "John, we don't believe this." we know you'll never retire, you know, you are the band. What's what's the real story? So So that's one uh <laughs> issue I had to deal with, you know.
3: Right. So Yeah. So we're talking about basically the, you know, lineup of Exciter, you, Rick Clammy on bass, Kenny on vocals. So so this this l- newer version of Exciter, I guess we'll call it fell apart for whatever reason, uh, you don't have to go into it, but for whatever reason it fell apart, and and they were at one point continuing or thinking about continuing on without you as Exciter? I mean, how could that be possible?
1: Oh, <laughs> it's a very complicated story. I was so, I mean, again, you know, I've been doing this for many, 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 many years, but... You know, I, I I guess I can't tolerate stress. I mean, I'm, I have uh, <laughs> some situations I can't handle because I'm, you know, uh, I'm just gonna lose it. You know, and I just I'm trying to be sane in this business. You know, right? So, you know, technically, I removed myself from the band. You know, because I was so fed up with, you know, with their behavior, you know, and I just couldn't take it. So they thought, okay, well, if, if John's removed himself from Exciter, you know, uh, we can continue as Exciter. Now, i it's a very complicated story. Like, it's, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> it would get into, like, legal stuff. Okay. I just don't want to get into it right Sure, now. sure. I understand. So w- skipping all the details, <laughs> yes, they were going to try to continue as Exciter without me.
3: Which would have been really strange, considering you were, at that point, you were the only original member.
1: Correct. I mean, how could you get bookings, calling yourself Exciter, with not at least one original guy in the band, you know? Yeah. So, what happened was, the three of them ended up, as far as I hear, through the grapevine, I mean, I, I don't know, I haven't really spoken to any of them since all this has happened, but... They kind of like, um, they had a falling out among each other. <laughs> and so now, there's no an band. And, um, you know, the name was surrendered back to me, which I am the lawful owner of the name. Okay. So, I'm, I'm skipping a lot of details here. There's probably a lot of blank things that, you know.
3: <laughs> right. Because, you know, I mean, then, wanna... then there was this press release that went out really not that long ago, we're talking, you know, two months ago in early April, um, stating that Rob Clammy had left the band or was fired from the band. Was that when you were back involved with, with the Exciter no. name again? No. No. So that, that whatever happened there didn't really have much to do with you at all?
1: No, nothing, because I was completely removed from everything. Wow. This, this. So, like, some that's what I'm saying. Like, they, the three of them, kind of like, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> had disagreements among each other, and right. I wasn't even. I mean, I wasn't involved in any of it, right? And they, 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 they basically dissolved. You know, like they. Yeah, because then a few days after no, that, was,
3: you know, Ken Kenny sent out a release saying that he was out of the band and he was thanking you and, you know, talking. Well, about so, how great the last seven years were and stuff?
1: You know, all that stuff came too late, as far as I'm concerned. You know, we could have made things... We could have fixed what was happening at the time, but, you know, as, as far as I'm concerned, it's just my own personal opinion. I, you know, you know what was happening, we could have fixed it and continued after I made the changes in the band, but it didn't happen that way. So. Right. Any kind of apology, and they're making apologies on the internet for the whole world to see. Well, it doesn't matter anymore because the damage was done. Okay. So.
3: (laughs) Well, all right. Well, I I
1: mean, they've toured with me. They've toured the world. People want their autograph. People want their picture taken with them. You know, do you think? You know, I'm not criticizing those guys. They've been, you know, they they play the great role in in the band's music and everything. But you think they sort of see clear my position in the band. Like, I'm the guy who started the band in the 70s. I continue with the band. I do most of the songwriting. In the recent version of Exciter, I did all the, the, the lyrics. I did the melodies. You know, like, you, you think if you're playing with someone like that, you you sort of, sort of have a little more, uh, what's the word, devotion like a, a, sure. uh, yeah you know but it didn't it could have things could have turned out better for everybody but it didn't happen that way and then they can make all the apologies they want it doesn't matter anymore you know the damage is done
3: right well so, it sounds like a stressful situation for you yeah. and, and <laughs> sorry sorry to you when hear i when i, I talk about
1: theory. it i get all wrapped up yeah I, <laughs> all
3: right well let's let's move on to the the next uh, question i have for you the last time i spoke with you which I think was either 2011, 2012. You told me that things were on such bad terms with with Dan, uh, Alan, and yourself that you guys wouldn't even speak, and and you didn't know if if things could ever be fixed between the three of you. Here we are in 2014, and you know this big announcement that you guys are working together in some form or, or another right now. How, how did how did you mend the fences? How did you? Get back together with these guys. Have you dealt with the issues that that caused all the drama between you in the first place?
2: Well,
1: we haven't even sp- spoken about that. <laughs> okay. We've had two meetings. Uh, we're you know we're only going to start rehearsing uh, this coming week. And when we had our meetings, those we didn't even, those topics never even came up. Okay. We basically said what happened in the past happened It's what under the bridge. But back then when I did that last interview with you, um, I, you know, I, I I very rarely, rarely spoke to Alan. I mean, I, we had no reason to speak to each other for anything, really. But things happened through, you know, word of mouth and the media, and he said this and he said that, and, you know, and I... You don't know what to believe, I mean... Are they actually saying things, or is it just fabricated, you know? So at the time, that's the way I felt. I mean, uh, I I had no idea in 2014 we'd get back together. I'm completely surprised myself. But I I think Dan and Alan, and I can't speak for them, but I think uh, they might have a certain level of frustration as well that they really wanted to get back with me and continue the you know the you know the music that we made because the three of us a three of us have incredible chemistry when we play our instruments right you know a lot of great bands I'm not saying I'm not saying we're the great fantastic band but a lot of classic rock and metal bands they have incredible chemistry when you put certain individuals together you know so I think that and Alan over the years realized that and you know probably thought, let's get back together with Joan and just keep going, you know, having fun and playing our music, you know.
3: Very good. Well, I'm excited by this news. I mean, the classic Exciter lineup that, you know, I mean, you guys, have, different members have been in and out of the band, band over the years, but, I mean, you guys were the guys who delivered those first three records, which we all hold so dear, close to our heart. And I would imagine you'll be playing quite a bit of material off those three albums. When you do actually well, start playing
1: live, correct? We we are we've discussed it. I think initially our live shows will be just the old classics. Like we're not trying to be a nostalgia band, but I mean it's timeless music, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I mean with the former excited when we do played all the old songs anyway. I mean, uh, you know, all the the younger uh, fans. I mean, they know all the songs. They know the lyrics. I mean, if a 15 year old fan knows the first three albums. I mean, obviously, that music is timeless because someone's brought that music to their attention, you know? Right. So, but uh, initially, it'll be all just the classics, like just one after another, just rip your face off classics. And then we're going to phase in some new material and uh, do a new record, you know?
3: Cool. New record. That sounds exciting. And you know, we all we all get older. We all age. How you know? And a lot of these rock singers, when they get older, they they have trouble uh, delivering and hitting those notes like they used to. How would you say Dan's voice is? Because well, I mean, he used to just rip the paint off the ceiling with that voice. Is oh, oh,
1: well, you know what? We haven't actually rehearsed it. I haven't heard Dan's voice in a live situation since 1993. Right? <laughs> Only on YouTube or. On the record that he put out, but Alan, when we had our meeting, Alan told me that Dan's voice is better than ever. Wow. Okay. As far as, like, uh, you know, the octaves that he could hit and, you know, the aggression that he has in his voice. So I'm sure Dan's voice is still there. So Great. Very exciting. We're, we're, we're going to start rehearsals in about a week or so.
3: Great. Very exciting news, and yeah. you know so this date in Germany is booked in in April of two thousand and fifteen. Is there a possibility that we will see Exciter doing live shows before then, or will that be the big premiere of the reunited lineup?
1: Well, no we actually we're working with a South American promoter. Uh, he has booked two shows in South america uh, the f- the first week of October. Oh good, and it's it's a triple bill. There's two other bands, and I don't recall their names right now. <laughs> um, but uh, no, right now the I think the first live shows will be this uh, South American, uh, like two one-off shows.
3: Excellent.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not the official announcement. It's not out yet. It, it, right, it'll come soon. Yeah.
3: Cool. Yeah, now I said the 24th uh, for 2015 for the show in Germany, but now there's another um, online, right? And now as we speak, there's another website that says the 25th. So I'm sure we'll get the, <laughs> the exact date straightened out as it approaches. So do you believe that you will be able to kind of rekindle a friendship with Dan and Alan, or is it just going to be kind of just strictly a professional relationship?
1: No, no. Totally friends. I mean, our first meeting, when we sat down, we did not discuss business. We just reminisced and talk about the old days and all the fun times we had. Because, I mean, in the 80s, we've toured quite a bit. We did, um, in the 85, we did a, a Motorhead tour across the U.S., coast to coast. We also did a Megadeth tour, coast to coast. Uh, we played shows with uh, Merciful Fate. Uh, we did a couple of shows in upstate New York with Anthrax when we were signed with Megaforce. Um, you know, we had a really good time and everything. And, you know, our first meeting was just four hours of, uh, you know, we're sitting in the bar just drinking beer and then <laughs> talking and just having, you know, you know, talking about the old times, you know. So, I mean, we were still friends. I mean... Good. You know, our level of dedication to Exciter, no one's ever questioned it. You know, yes, we have different opinions on certain you know, business issues, but when it comes to music, we're exactly in the same wavelength. Like we're, our headspace is exactly the same, musically speaking, and it makes it so much easier when you're writing songs that everyone recognizes everyone else's vision. You know, you don't have to shove it down their throat, you know. So, um, but I mean, on the other hand, for the past 20 years, I've been continuing Exciter. I've, you know, in most cases, I handle all the band's business dealings. Right. So, um, the same thing, we'll, we'll say, I'll be handling a lot of the business stuff, but because we're the original three guys, you know, um, everyone opinions counts when it's time to make decisions. So I'm not just going to be rail- railroading the decisions, you know. I'll ask Dan and I'll ask Al their opinion and we'll you know, we'll move forward with uh, whatever opinion we take, you know.
3: Excellent. Cool. Well, yeah. on that note, let's let's go back in time and and share some of those uh, those old stories if you don't mind about Exciter in the early days. I'm going to throw some names at you and if you can maybe fill me in on, on how you got in contact with some of these people or any stories you remember about them. How about the name Mike Varney?
1: Mike, he's responsible for everything. If it wasn't for Mike Varney, you know, I don't know <laughs> what the, our destiny would have been. But I'll go right to the beginning. Uh, we had done a four-song demo in, uh, in Toronto in a professional studio called Nimbus, Nimbus 9 Studios, which is famous for two things. Uh, the early Alice Cooper records were done there. Oh, okay. And some of the early, the Guess Who, Canadian band, uh, the records were done there. Because when you walk in the lobby of this uh, studio, you you see Alice Cooper pictures everywhere in the lobby, you know. <laughs> and the engineer who did our four-song four demo was also working on the early Alice Cooper records. Anyways, we did a four-song demo. Three of the songs sucked, but this was one song, World War III, which we thought, okay, this is the song, you know? So back then, I mean, it was, when you shop the tape around and you sent it around the world, it's like we're talking 1980, 81, you put it in the mail, and you, and you mail it to all these different record companies, and hopefully one of them will call you up. Well, that's exactly what happened. Mike Varney got the cassette tape in the mail, fell in love with this world war three song called me up and you know for for the first few minutes i thought it was one of the other guys in the band playing a prank on me right i didn't think it was mike bernie calling from san francisco california (laughs) you know
3: yeah
1: and uh he said john he says uh this this song world war three he says i i've never heard anything like it he says there's something different about this you know he says the energy level and the rawness is incredible. He says, I, I've never heard anything like it. And um, he says, you know, you guys kind of remind me of this Bay Area band called Metallica. He says, uh, you different musical styles, but you got this energy level, you know? And he says, have you ever heard of Metallica? And I said, well, through the grapevine, yeah. <laughs> so, um, he said, Well, I want to put this on a compilation record. I'm putting out U.S. Metal Volume 2. And I said, Okay, you know. Um, I said, Well, we're not an American band. We're a Canadian band. He said, Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He said, I, I got to have this song on my record. Wow. So then I said, Do you want us to re record it? Because it's done in a very low budget, you know, it's in a professional studio, but maybe we can do a better job. And he said, No, no, no. It's the garage sound. He said, this is what I want. So he saw it. you know, he, he had the insight. So then when the record came out, all of a sudden we get this fan mail from all over the world. And at the time I was using my home address for fan mail and I was getting <laughs> so much, so many letters. I, we had to open the P.O. box. And then Mike calls me up, Mike Varney says, Johnny, do you have any other material? I said, well... We're working on a nine-song demo tape, another tape, because we'd like to get a full album, you know? And he said to me, when you finish it, send it to me. I want to listen to it. Well, you know, that nine-song demo was our first record, Heavy Metal Mania. Right. And it was recorded in our the basement of our, our sound technician's basement. He produced the record, and he engineered it.
3: So, this was a different recording setting than what the four song demo had been
1: recorded the yeah, yeah, the four song demo cost us five grand in the studio in Toronto. And, of course, I mean, you know, we didn't have much money. And so, we thought, well, well, we'll just do it on a budget. We'll, we'll rent audio equipment. And, you know, uh, John Belrose, our sound man at the time. He said, "Yeah, we'll use my basement. We'll set up in my basement, and we'll record the whole album there, or a demo tape." It took us one month um, to record it, and right at the end, we're still in the studio mixing. So I'm going to go into a different area now, but <laughs> it's going to be a neat story.
0: Yeah,
1: um, Black Sabbath was playing here um, every year here here in Ottawa. Every there's an exhibition. And they have we have this outdoor venue called the Grandstand. It's like a, basically a football field. And Black Sabbath was booked uh, during the Mob Rules tour with Dio on vocals. The promoter for this show, who's a friend of mine here in the city, called me up and he said the opening band had canceled out. Do you guys want to open for Sabbath? And he said it's like two hundred dollars, <laughs> a case of beer, <laughs> uh, and you get your own. Ch- restroom trailer right beside Sabbath's, you know? And I said, okay, what time do we have to be there? You know, keeping in mind, we hadn't rehearsed in a month because we were recording Heavy Metal Maniac. So, we did the show and we our set was the first our Heavy Metal Maniac album in exact sequence as the album. We played every song in exact order like it appears on the album. And the record wasn't even out yet, you know? So, that's kind of like a, an attached story to our right. first record wow.
3: and that first <laughs> and record then, of course came out on Mike's label Shrapnel
1: right yeah well when, um, when I sent that nine song demo to Mike Varney he really freaked out he was just like over the moon like he just couldn't believe it he said oh my god he says another nine classics so he's the guy that made it all happen
3: Now, for the second record, you guys went over to work with Johnny Z, right? At Megaforce Records, is that right?
1: Correct. Now, the whole time, Heavy Metal Maniac had this really strong vibe and selling very well. Johnny Z kept calling us, come on, man, you got to sign with me, you got to sign with me, you know? So I said, well, you know, we're kind of loyal to Mike Varney because he kind of discovered us, you know? He said, oh, I can do this, and I can do that for you, you know, you got to sign with me, you know. I got Anthrax, you know, I got this band, and I got that band, and Testament, and everything, and he's, you know, he's rhyming off all these great bands, you know. Metallica, <laughs> and, uh, right? Pardon me? Well,
3: Metallica was one of those
1: bands. Yeah, Metallica, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I called Mike Varney and said, look, Mike, uh, Johnny's here at Force, you know, he's, he's pitching us the, to go with him for the next record I said I don't know how do you feel about that you know he said you know I I can't offer you what Johnny is offering you so just you know do what you want you know so that's that's what happened you know we we had his blessing and so we went with Johnny C and then then another classic record you know Violence of Force so
3: (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: yeah (laughs) Um, and then where did
3: you guys go for the third record it was yet another label right
1: well, then Johnny Z had a relationship with Music for Nations Music for Nations in, in London, England. And I don't know what happened. I just we were still signed with Johnny C, but I don't quote me on this, but he worked out some sort of trade. Oh okay. if, if if Music for Nations got exciter and then Johnny Z was gonna swap a different band that he would get on his label. <laughs> he traded it.
3: So Johnny Z um, was somehow involved with Music for Nations or it was yeah. just like a it was more
1: like a trade like how baseball teams trade players or something. Well, he Yeah, because I think Music for Nations wanted to distribute some of the Megaforce titles okay, in the UK. I gotcha. right. And there's where they were like a really like you know involved. So the third record Long Live the Loud was actually it's on the Music for Nations label. And then, and they Music for Nations wanted us to record the record in London. And we actually recorded uh, Long Live the Loud at Britannia Road Studios, which is owned and operated by Pink Floyd. Oh, wow. And the producer they chose for that was a, a gentleman called Guy Beatmead. Right. And he's a one-time Motorhead producer.
3: Oh, okay, cool.
1: So we had Guy producing us, and we're in Pink Floyd Studios. <laughs> That's pretty wild. And then we spent two weeks recording, like one week recording the tracks and the second week mixing. And then we just come to the end of our mixing, and we got a phone call from Music for Nations saying that they just landed us a 10-city European tour with Accept. Right on. And, uh, you know, Germany, Belgium, Holland... The last gig was back in, the, in London at the Hammersmith. So that was a pretty wild time.
3: Cool. Did you guys ever do tours with Metallica, being that you were on the same label,
1: well, at least for a brief read, period of time? Well, there was an ill-fated European tour. If you read some of Metallica's early biographies, they, they mention this particular time. Um... Music for Nations had arranged a tour called the Hell on Earth tour. And we were not headlining. It was like, uh, I believe the lineup was Exciter first. Second was Metallica. The third band was actually the Rods. I don't know if you know the Rods from uh, New York. Yeah, of course. Carl yeah. Kennedy and...
3: Ronnie Dio's uh, cousin
1: is in that band. From... Right. So, so okay, so the the tour was supposed to... It was, I think it was... March, 1984. So when we fly to London, we check in the hotel. And when I checked in the hotel, there was a phone message at the front desk for me from, from our record company, Music for Nations. I called them back, and they say, oh, the tour's canceled. I said, what do you mean it's canceled? We just... <laughs> what do we do now? <laughs> and they said to me, and I'm just repeating what they said to me. They said, poor ticket sales. One promoter what? pulled out, and all the other promoters pulled out throughout Europe, so there's no tour, but we're going to keep you and Metallica here for two weeks, we're going to do some press, we'll get Metallica a gig at the Marquee Club, like a showcase gig, we'll get Exciter a separate gig, we actually played in this little tiny English pub, <laughs> in East London, <laughs> wow. with like 40 people there. <laughs> And out of the forty people, in the very front table was James Hetfield and Lars. Nice. (laughs) So, (laughs) but um, that was that was it. You know, it never happens. Called the Hell on Earth tour. If if you go back some of the Metallica's books they've had out over the years, they do mention that time. Ah, okay. That the the tour was ill fated and it didn't happen. And apparently, nothing against the rods, of course. Uh, Because Carl produced, actually, our second record, Violence of Force.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah.
3: The drummer of the Rods.
1: Yes. Yes, okay. He produced, uh, he was involved with Johnny Z in producing some of the uh, make force bands at that time. So, um, well, what happened is the billing was, I guess the billing should have been Metallica, but uh, it it wasn't. But, I don't know, the tickets didn't sell, and and all the promoters followed suit and, and canceled one by one, and therefore canceling the whole tour. you know. But it could have happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, John, it's always great talking with you. We love the old stories, and we are excited that there are new stories on the way with this classic lineup of Exciter getting back together. And a new record, you said. Is, is, are, are people writing songs already, or where does well, that I mean, stand? Is that just I, I, talk I, at this
1: point? No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm always writing music and writing riffs. You know, it's, a non, it's an ongoing thing with me, you know. I got, Luckily, at my age, I'm still driven, <laughs> you know, and creative. and You know, there's one thing I always try to stay to the Exciter formula. You know, I don't like to venture off and experiment too much because the fans want to hear, you know, that classic driving sound that Exciter's known for. So when I sit down and write music... You know, I always try to deliver that. You know, and Dan has ideas, and Alan has ideas. So, uh, you know, we'll see what's going to happen, you know. I'm pretty excited about the whole thing. So the three of us are really, really excited about the whole thing.
3: Well, I thought you did a great job, you know, even with Death Machine, that last record, with keeping that classic exciter sound, you know, you didn't really try to go too far from what you guys had started back in, in the early 80s there. And uh, you know, if we could get the classic lineup back together, doing that same formula, I think it would just be uh, something really special.
1: Well, I think so because I, I mean, my performances will still be like you know, over the top, like I you know I try to do all the time. But I'm going to be in a more relaxed state of mind because you know it's like you're back with family, you know, right? You know, it's like you're you're confident that. Dan is going to sing and play the drums the best he can, and same thing with Alan on bass. You know, I don't have to be like watching over the members like I had to previously because I have certain standards. You know, people expect certain standards from Exciter. So, with the past lineups of Exciter, I'll, you know, I'm on stage, I'm having a good time, and, you know, we're trying to be as tight as possible. But when I get off stage, it's like, you know, marking the class how did you do you know right you know cool. but I, but the thing is i had to be like that you know if i was just like really slack and oh yeah well we'll do better next time well you know to me the kids they're paying good money come and see us they expect something you know up up to what you know everyone's expectations we got to deliver the goods you know but I, I think with with getting back with the old guys um you know we'll still be vigorous as ever but you know I feel like I'm in I'm in good hands <laughs> right you know on. yeah right
3: on cool well yeah. i really hope you guys make it down to the new york city new jersey area where i am down here because i will definitely be there in the front row screaming my <laughs> my uh voice off there i definitely want to see you guys live and uh, just really excited by the news i hope uh we can get the word out to people that the Original threesome, Exciter, is back.
1: Exactly, yeah. Cool. And, you know, it's like the response around the world has been overwhelming, so it makes you feel good because all the years you put into music and playing in the band and, you know, all the things you gave up in your life, you know, like, it makes it all worthwhile, you know. Excellent. Great. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you again
3: (laughs) yeah yeah I hope uh, listen when you're you know if you want to check in another you know six months or something give us an update we'd love to talk with you again
1: yeah I have your number here so I'll I'll send you an email or or give you a call it sounds good we'll we'll, we'll, we'll set something up yeah yeah please keep in touch okay Mark thank you have a good night
3: just heard was violence and force off of the violence and force record by exciter going way back to 1984 you know exciter is one of those bands john that you know they never were super big back in the day but i'd put them on you know the same level as as bands like anvil and raven uh, you know uh i don't know about agent steel i was gonna say but you know, No, Agent, probably not Agent Steel. I think they were bigger than that. But they were one of those bands I'd always see their album covers in the import section and stuff in, in yeah. record stores I'd, I'd go to, and they would really suck me in. And actually, it's those pictures on the record that caused me to buy some of those early Exciter records without ever having heard the band, you know?
4: Right. Now, I was a fan of Exciter, and all of my friends... In high school, we also fans of Exciter. And we learned about them the same way. There was one record store called George's Song Shop uh, that got import records. And uh, we used to travel to the next town over to, to go to this record store and we would buy cool records. And uh, they were definitely a part of my metal education, I would say.
3: Yeah, definitely. So a big thanks to John for coming on Talking Metal. And basically telling us that the classic lineup with, with himself, Dan Beeler, and Alan Johnson, they are back together, they're ready to play gigs, and also going to be hopefully doing new music. And the drama that went on, you know, with this newer version of Exciter, which John was the only original member, basically what happened, John, is is John has kept the Exciter name alive with a bunch of other members, not the two original guys, for many years. And basically, he needed some time to kind of sort some things out. And the other members, who were all non-original members, basically kind of, sounds like, took over the band for a little while and started issuing press releases about John that weren't true and just all sorts of weirdness. And they were trying to kind of take the exciter name and go on without without any original members in the band which wow, I, I think that's is weird. It, yeah, you think. know it's it's happened before but uh, but uh, you know with other bands but i just think it's crazy that they were actually considering doing exciter with without without john um Definitely. i don't i think that's a little weird but i guess maybe they thought hey We've done some albums recently, and we were a big part of those albums, so we have the right to continue on without them. Who knows? But it all fell apart. If anything good has come out of this, it is that John is now back with the original two people he started the band with back in 1979 or 78 or something.
4: Yeah, it's great news that John is working with Dan and Ellen again. Sounds like San yes. Lorenzo and Alan Tecchio
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah not not really, but uh speaking of of guys working with one another again, let's talk about four by Fate. this is the the concert we hinted at earlier that John and I saw up at up in Poughkeepsie over just two days ago actually less than two days ago. Four by Fate is Todd Howorth and John Regan working together again in a band and I thought they sounded great. Yeah, I thought they really sounded tight. It
4: sounded like the albums to me. And what's amazing is that they had only really rehearsed a couple of times and they were doing a lot of stuff online with each other, kind of probably on Skype and working out parts. And we learned that from Mitch. And I was uh, really very pleased uh, to hear them and... Uh, John uh, Regan, uh, who was so cool, by the way, we want to thank John Regan because when we got there, he immediately spotted us and uh, escorted us into the Chance, which is the club in Poughkeepsie. And uh, we had a a really nice time. It was just great to uh, run into John again and to see him. And we had been, you know, emailing each other back and forth prior to that. And I really thought they were great. I really was impressed with the guitarist, John Kelly.
3: Yeah, definitely. Who plays with Nelly Fittado, for, Furtado for, for, yeah. 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 So, uh, and they, they played, you know, for hardcore fans of, of ACE, you know, these, these guys, Todd and John, they, they pulled they pulled out all their, their classic Fraley's Comet songs. You know, we, we got to hear stuff like into the night with Todd singing, not to mention, you know, Calling to You, Something Moved, and and Breakout, just all those classic songs. I mean, I, I just had a lot of fun, you know? And Plus, they played some new material they've been working on. They did a Beatles cover in there, which was pretty yeah. cool.
4: Oh, absolutely. It was a very cool show. Now, let's talk a little bit about the show and what happened during the show. There was this crazy guy with this Hendrix shirt on. He was very nice, and he kept, yeah. like... Hugging everybody around him. Like, I know when I say crazy, I mean that in a happy, nice, fun way. Like, uh he, he was just a, a guy that was having a great time at the gig and he was going up to ladies, guys, and, you know, just like putting his arm yeah, around He must going, have
3: shaked my hand like 15 times. Yeah, I was, he he was going, at first, I you. thought he was like, yeah, uh, I. First, I thought it was funny and fun, but I have to admit, by the end of the night, I, he, the guy was starting to really annoy me. Yeah. Yeah. It's this big, <laughs> tall African American guy, bald headed. He claimed that he was at Woodstock and he had this Jimi Hendrix shirt on and he kept like pointing to the shirt. And like, he uh, was, I, I don't know if he was tripping out or something at, at <laughs> the show, but it it, uh, it sure seemed like it.
4: Yeah. Now, guys, if you happen to go to my Facebook and you see a photo of me and another person, his name is Jerry Adams, who just happens to coincidentally be African-American. This is not the same guy we're talking
3: about. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. No, Jerry was great. uh, And I didn't really get to talk to him as much as as you did. But Jerry is uh, a guy who used to book some shows for us back in back in the day, you know, so back um, in the back in the day. Oh. Does he live up in the Poughkeepsie area yeah, or was he, he did he, he come up from of New York? Poughkeepsie
4: now. He lives north of Poughkeepsie, uh, probably near Woodstock. He moved up that way. And uh, but he still does various things in Manhattan uh, a couple times a month. And tell me if you knew any of the details on this, but I heard that Jerry Adams was a guy that when Axel and Guns first came to New York, he was one of the people that took them all around and hung out with them. And like, he was sort of like a tour guide for guns.
3: I'm not sure if that's, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about and that. I think he
4: but, used to have yeah. a guns N' roses jacket that he used to wear. But for some reason I had it in my mind that Jerry Adams and guns N' roses guys were like good friends in the
3: eighties. Yeah. I don't know. Why don't you send me that picture and I'll put it in uh today's show notes. So very, like, very you, cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah you we'll and do. Him. We'll yeah, do. Cool. And again, today's show notes, guys, can be viewed at TalkingMetal.com. We would love a PayPal donation. There is a little PayPal tab on TalkingMetal.com where you can make a donation. The donations have been rather light lately, so <laughs> it would be it would be great to get one. And, uh, you know, we're operating without any advertising currently, so there's uh, really not a lot of ways to show support except with a PayPal donation. So if you have a few bucks and you want to, send it our way we we we'd love it cool and we have another band on today's uh show John 21 octane yes we're going to talk with their drummer Alex this is a interesting guy but bef- you know who does a lot of stuff besides 21 octane and i made the mistake of calling 21 octane a project and he cor- you'll hear him he corrects me right away it is not a project it is a band they are very serious about the band it includes a singer a guy named Hagen, who works with Joe Perry in the Joe Perry Project. And he also, again, does this band with, with Alex called 21 Octane. And, you know, Joe Perry only plays with the best singers out there. I mean, obviously, Steven Tyler and some of the ex-singers of, of the Joe Perry Project. But again, this guy in 21 Octane, Hagen, not the guy we're going to talk to. We're talking with Alex, the drummer, but... But Hagen is uh, the current singer of the Joe Perry Project. Very cool. You're going to like this band, John. they got some great songs. Why don't we check out one right now, and then we'll get into my interview with Alex, and then John and I will come back and BS a little more. Anyways, this is 21 Octane, followed by my interview with Alex, the drummer of 21 Octane. Hey guys, this is Mark from Talking Metal, and on the line, we have Alex Landenberg. Alex, thanks for calling in today. How are you?
2: Hey, I'm doing great. How are you, Mark? Thanks for having us. That's a great honor to be on your radio.
3: Oh, well, thanks, man. I, it's uh, it's rare that I get a record sent to me or a download link these days sent to me that, that really just knocks my socks off, but the 21-octane record, Into the Opened, is definitely one that has. It sounds just great, man. I want to talk to you about this project, who's in the right. project with you, and just how it all came together. So how, how did you meet up with the other guys in the project, and can you tell us who else is involved with 21 Octane?
2: Sure. Well, first of all, that's really important to us. It's really not a project, but it, rather it's really a band. That's okay. something we, cool, cool. You know, we made sure of, that. that we communicate that. Because you have all these projects these days. And you know, nothing wrong with that, but this is a real band, and um, the way we it, it came together was that I was auditioning for the drummer spot in a band called Axis from Germany, and that's how I met Marco. He was their guitarist, or is their guitarist still? And even before it was clear that I actually you know became their drummer, um, right at, on that day, I, I told him, hey, this you know we have a great we had a great chemistry right away, right musically, personally. And I told him, we should do something together regardless, no matter the outcome of this audition. And so we actually, we did that. We started jamming on, on different stuff. I brought Andrew in, our bass player. And um, Andrew actually was the one that brought in Hagen, the singer, you know, um, which was a cool thing because um, Hagen, you know, the thing with Hagen was, you probably know that he is singing or he was singing also for Joe Perry from Arisma. Yeah,
3: yeah that's impressive. And,
2: um, yeah, that's really impressive. But we didn't know about that, and we were ready to look for a singer anywhere in the world. We were looking, actually, at American guys. We were looking also at a uh, guys from Scandinavia because we knew the singer just had to be extraordinary. You know, I mean, no matter how good the band is, to most people, it's it's still about the singer. You know, right? That's the guy in front. That's who has to be great. And then we, then Andrew brings in Hagen, and Hagen literally lives. 50 miles away from me, you know? Wow. And nice. I didn't know him, so that was great. So yeah, we, we met Hagen, every, same thing, it was great from the beginning, we started jamming together and we just knew, okay, this is it, we have to be doing this.
3: Cool. Now, you say he lives 15 minutes away from you, where do you guys live?
2: Um, in the southern west of Germany. Uh, if you think of Germany, it's like the, the, close to the French border, that's where um, both Hagen and Andrew and I are uh, are located uh Marco lives in the Cologne area which is a little more towards the center of Germany but still we're talking uh you know 300 kilometers, something like 220, 230 miles for you guys so it's not not a big distance anyways wow cool
3: now the album again into the opened it, it it sounds it sounds great and thanks for clarifying that it's you know not a project because you know, I figured you guys are all involved in other things. I, I wasn't exactly, sure, yeah. but, you know, so that's, that's good clarification. And it's exciting to know that this is, this is not just some one off record. This is a band. No,
2: absolutely not. This we're in it for the long term. you know, Um also the way we wrote the record, we really went to the rehearsal space. We wrote it like, like the guys used to do in the seventies, eighties, like four guys in a room writing the music. And so this is really, really important to us. It's like, that's what this band is about, you know? Now,
3: I don't take this I hope this isn't, isn't uh, come across negative. I think it's a positive thing, but I'm an American. I, I feel like the record has a very American sound to it, you know all right and, and, and I could almost see you guys you know out there touring and doing shows with a band like Stone Sour or uh-huh. something.
2: Do you awesome. feel
3: that that it has uh, an American sound?
2: Oh, absolutely. We, we get that a lot, actually, and uh, I'm not a fan at all. Quite the contrary. Um, the thing is, it wasn't intentionally. It wasn't like we were trying to sound like an American band. Um, but um, I think it's just the way we grew up. That you know, the stuff that you that you're listening to when you're a little kid, when you're growing up, it it has a strong effect on you. And I think we were brought up with um, with a lot of American music. That's just the way it is. Also, in our region, in my area where I live, for example, there's a lot of Americans. So, you know, we have the, the American. Military bases there, Ramstein's, uh, among the that's, that's the biggest one, the most famous one, and uh, so we were in touch with a lot of Amer- Americans too. Also, the way I was taught to to play the drums, everything. So I take it as a compliment. It's um, but then it, again, it's it's not. It wasn't intentional. It's just something that happens. We're just trying to play, and Hagen is trying to s- to sing the way he does. We're not copying anybody, and um, but yeah. I take it as a compliment. Thanks.
3: Yeah, you bet. You bet. And, I mean, Hagen has such a great voice. I mean, obviously, Joe Perry, I mean, he plays with Steven Tyler, and he, he would yes. never settle for for, for anybody <laughs> who isn't, uh, isn't awesome. And Hagen definitely yeah. uh, is awesome. And if you guys haven't Thanks. heard Hagen, you need to go check out Into the Open record, which is out now on AFM Records. Now, let's talk about you and your... Career as a drummer. How did you break into the music business uh, as a drummer?
2: Well, my real breakthrough happened uh, about eight, nine years ago when I joined Annihilator from Canada. So, you know, oddly enough, it wasn't a German band. I was trying hard to get into the German scene, but, you know, I was unknown. And it's, it, was, it was a tough thing and then um, through various contexts, I had a Canadian student and he went back to Canada and he, actually he ran into Jeff Waters and they talked and he said, well, wait, I need a drummer. So my student contacted me, told me, you have to audition for Annihilator because he knew I was a big fan. So uh, I, actually, uh, yeah, I did a video for Jeff and he liked it and next thing I knew I was on the plane to Canada. So um, that's, that's how it started. And I'm, yeah, I'm really thankful for, for that opportunity that J- Jeff gave me back then. It was awesome.
3: Cool. And Annihilator, obviously, a band with a, a very long history. Yes. What, what, what time in their history did you play with them?
2: I did the tour for that metal record. It was 2007. It was uh, Mike Mangini playing on the record, and I had the honor to, to do the tour. And that, that was really cool. So that was that was a huge support tour we did um, supporting Trivium, all across Europe. We did I think we did one show in Canada. The rest was all across Europe and the UK. Something close to fifty shows, something.
3: Excellent. And you are now also a member of Rhapsody. hmm Exactly. And I know you did some gigs. You played with Stradivarius for a while too. So can you talk about how you got involved with those two bands?
2: All right. The Stoneyburs thing was um well. The reason for it was uh was sad at the time because York, uh, their their drummer at the time, was diagnosed with cancer. Okay. Right before they had to go on tour with uh, Halloween. Right, right. And so, they, but they decided um, they they still wanted to do the tour. Actually, York told them, "No, nah, you guys, you you have to do the tour." And um, so. I heard about it. They were looking for a drummer through various contexts, and then same thing. I did a video, and they just said, okay, we're going to pick this guy, and luckily um, Jörg actually came back for the second leg of the tour. You know, they they, they discovered his cancer early enough that he could be treated, and um, so he's perfectly fine ever since. It's a great thing. Right, definitely. So, um, and of course, by the at some point during the tour, we already knew that he would recover totally, and from that on, moment on, I must say it was just pure fun, you know, because right. then this negative thing also was gone, you know, Definitely. and it was great. And I'm as a kid, I was a huge, for example, huge Momstein fan, you know. So, you know, Jens Johansen is playing keyboards and stuff like that. So just to play with Jens, yeah, was already insane, you know. I, couldn't, I had to pinch myself. I was looking to my left, and it was Jens Johansen. And um, during sound checks, we would do, you know, Inve stuff, and it was it was great. I also loved to the various as a kid, so totally, that was a great thing. Great tour we had, really cool guys. And uh, so then, actually, York came back luckily. So um, I was actually without a gig at that time, basically. And um, then actually, I heard that. Yorg was also thinking about leaving for good, and um, but it wasn't, and nothing was sure at that point. So I was sort of waiting for them to see if they would come back to me. And during that period, suddenly I have this email from from Rhapsody, from Luca and um, that it was crazy. I wasn't expecting it at all. Long email. He's he's a person that likes to talk too, and I I got this really extremely long email like a whole book almost and then at the end he said we should get on the phone. I said, yeah, absolutely. Let's get on the phone. So he calls me and we had great conversation and the funny thing is like literally third question he asked is, uh, so do you like football, you know, meaning soccer, right? right? Yes. And. So say, yeah, sure, I love it. And that's okay. You have to be in the band. You have to be in the band. He loved it, you know? Right. That was the most important thing, you know. Wow. <laughs> I get well, I mean the, the playing the the thing is, um his uh, you know, front of house and also the guy that basically does all the engineering on the records and is half producing them. Sebastian Rueda, you know, he he knew me, so he gave him the hint and he said oh you have to you have you should check out alex so he knew the playing would be okay so the only important thing that was left was do i watch soccer or not you know right on right on <laughs> i passed that test so that's that yeah and that was great um, fantastic band to join great musicians he put out a great record at that time and just you know again pure fun i couldn't be happier
3: cool great so kind of circling back to um Twenty-one octane. Will you guys be touring Europe and possibly the states?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, we will be touring Europe uh, as a support for uh, Uriah Heap in, I guess, around November, November, December. Cool. And uh, of, I mean, of course, we want to play the states. You know, we're we're dying to play the states. And as you said in the beginning, we sort of have that American sound, and, and I get so much feedback. From American fans and friends of mine and they all love it, so we just have to do it. But right now there's nothing planned, but we will try to get there as soon as possible. I mean obviously we're a new band, so the only thing that really makes sense would be a support tour, you know, supporting some of the band as you said, something like Stone Star or Oh
3: yeah, it'd be a great match with Stone Star. That'd Sauer, be great. Yeah. All
2: the bridge, I guess, would be great. Um Winery Docks, something I would love also would be another great fit, I guess.
3: Yeah. Definitely.
2: But yeah, any, you know, any band that, that that we fit in with and that draws people would be fantastic at that point. We can't be too picky yet, I guess. So we just we would love to come over and, and just play there, you know.
3: Yeah, well I hope you guys can get some airplay on, on some of the bigger stations over here, like Sirius Radio. It'd be great if they could pick you up because I do again feel that you'd really fit in well with that. And I know sometimes it's tough to break through when you're on a smaller label. Um, sure. How how do you guys deal with that? Do you have any plans for, you know, promotion? Are you hiring like a, a radio guy to work
2: the record to radio? Yeah, well we have a great promotional team already for States and um let's see if we if we expand that a little more. There there have been talks about that as well. And other than that I guess the radio thing I guess we have to win over people by playing live you know? I, th- I guess that's what we have to do. And then one thing will lead to another. Um, so I guess that's the main priority, trying to go over there and play, you know?
3: Cool. Well, we'll be spreading the word about 21 Octane on Talking Metal. Thanks, and- Martin. Cool. Great. There you go. <laughs> oh man, I'm having a
2: hot headache today. It's fucking terrible. How are you? I- I I rarely have a headache, but today it just like from you know from waking up on, yeah, just what not time? going away.
3: What time is it over there now? Like ten thirty or something?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, ten mm-hmm. ten fifteen or something. Not right. too late. It's yeah. what is it there? you you guys yeah, are eight yeah. hours.
3: Yeah, we're four thirty right now. Yeah. 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 Or no, okay. no, no. I'm sorry. Four fifteen. Four fifteen. Four fifteen. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right, Alex. Well, thanks again. We're going to get this up in about a week's time on the Talking Metal podcast, which is on iTunes, and I'll, I'll let Dustin know, and, and hopefully you can check out a link of it.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll share it for sure, and we'll share it with the band. That's the cool thing. Cool. Again, thanks for having us. It's awesome, really. Yeah.
3: And Alex, before I let you go, what song should we
2: end the interview with? Um, how many songs are you playing? Are you just playing one song?
3: We'll play two songs. We'll play one into the interview and one out of the interview
2: okay. I guess um, that's, that's a real metal show that we have there. I would love to have uh, the song called My Teddy Bear, the little bit heavier one. That we
3: Yeah, do. I know that one. Great despite song. The, yeah,
2: despite the title, yeah. That'd okay. be great. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. You too. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
4: My Teddy Bear by 21 Octane. Great song. And, Mark, I really enjoyed listening to that interview. And I'm going to definitely check out more from this band.
3: Yeah, I think uh, they have a really great sound, and I wish them the best of luck. So that brings us to the end of this episode of Talking Metal.
4: Yeah, I got a a little trivia thing. Uh, Remember there was a band... Back, uh, they were active 1998 to the present. Uh, they're called Bullets and Octane.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely.
4: And uh, one of the guys that was in that band, his name was Sky Von Jane. He was in Todd Youth's band, the Chelsea Smiles. And uh, I met him and uh, hung out with him a little bit when they opened up for Guns N' Roses. And remember, I was the road manager for uh, or the tour manager for Chelsea Smiles for that one yes. day one day I remember that yeah, yeah it, it was wasn't like show. i i it wasn't like i was the tour manager for one day and then got fired it was they only needed me for one day so i was hired uh, for a one day job because they had that one gig opening opening up for, for guns guys, at yeah. terminal
3: terminal 5 right yep yeah yeah
4: and that was a fun gig
3: speaking of guns the big news out of the guns and roses camp is that there is new material on the way so i say let the countdown begin again Yes, they are going to release Countdown
4: the second the, version of Chinese. Democracy. Yeah,
3: the, yeah, a couple second versions. Apparently, they're going to release a remix of the current version of Chinese democracy, and then a whole nother record of stuff that's been recorded. And as we know, DJ Ashba said on Mitch Lafon's one-on-one podcast that he didn't join the band to just play old new old music. You know, he joined the band to create new music with axel so uh, i don't know i wonder if if any of that would surface or if we're just going to be hearing all the leftover stuff from chinese democracy uh, these are questions i have john and and for that yes. reason maybe we should restart
4: countdown to chinese countdown
3: democracy. yeah what well, i think we left off on like episode 10 or 11 or something so maybe we start <laughs> Maybe we start that back up yeah let's find out seven years later was. yeah
4: what number? Or or we can say do we know what the name of is it still gonna be called Chinese Democracy, just a newer version of it?
3: Another good question that we must find out. Yes. The mystery. We'll go down we'll go down to the streets of Manhattan and yes. look for clues.
0: Yes. <laughs> Let's
4: do that. Let's go I think we should start, even though that Merck's management company no longer operates from chelsea market i think that's a good place to start
3: a good starting place yeah we'll have our our magnifying glasses out looking for
4: yeah we'll go to that blues. fish place and we'll ask the guy who's uh you know taking out the live lobsters if he's ever seen axel rose in there yeah remember yeah, that
3: great then we yeah, went to the uh, old homestead
4: steakhouse and we we did a, a little segment yeah. and uh, that was great man i had a great time doing that and those uh, are fun episodes. that was the that was the um countdown and then we had all those different things like the summits and different yeah. uh round table discussions and you know various things and th- the coolest thing is that one talking metal listener uh created this comic strip and it had you and i dr- drawn as like comic characters and then axles in the back wave and then and uh, yeah. i yeah. thought that was such a great thing we get we got to figure out who that guy was again
3: it's on uh, Facebook. I think you have it in your Facebook. Yeah, I probably do. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I like that.
4: And uh, that particular listener was very cool. And I apologize that uh, I'm blanking out the name right now, but, um,
3: cool. Well, guys, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at talking metal at yahoo.com or at market talking metal.com. You can connect with John on Facebook, uh, and that's linked yes. through talkingmetal.com, and check out the other shows on Talking Metal Digital, Mars Attacks, and One on One.
2: Yeah, and you, Talking
3: Rock, of course. Somebody just emailed me just the other day, or it might be on Twitter. They said just listen to John's interview on Talking Rock with Ricky Bird. Wow, oh, that was great. Oh wow, was like, thank you. Yeah, within the last 48 hours, somebody tweeted me that.
4: Very cool. Yeah, I had a great time talking to Ricky Bird, and I do think that was a very cool. Cruel- Uh, episode of Talking Rock. It was really just nice to talk to somebody who I really was a fan of and uh, who I think is a great musician and uh, Ricky Bird, just a very cool guy. I've always known about Ricky Bird
3: and then I was lucky enough to meet him many years ago. Ricky Bird, guys, is a guitarist that has played with many people. One of the more famous people, of course, is Joan Jett and John did a great interview with him on our Talking Rock podcast podcast. Probably at this point, it's three or four episodes back on Talking Rock, but you can check that out on TalkingMetalDigital.com or TalkingMetal.com. Go to the Talking Rock section, scroll down, and you'll get that show, which got great response, John. I mean, you, uh, you- there's, there was probably a dozen comments you know either on facebook or email or, or twitter about what a great episode and great job you did with that interview so uh That's thank you if you don't subscribe to talking rock or listen to it it's something you can check out guys and leave us reviews on itunes go to talking metal just search us in the itunes store and and leave a review And what else can people do? You can check out our live stream, which is going 24-7 on Live 365. Just go to live365.com or download the app for your smartphone or iPad and search Talking Metal, and you'll hear a lot of great music. A lot of times John and I get on there on Friday nights and do a live show with with Victor helping out from Mars Attacks. So, uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. You know what else people can do is if you're listening to this on iTunes or some other uh, podcast provider, go check out TalkingMetalDigital.com because I think the website looks really cool. You could check out the Talking Metal section. You can check out the Talking Rock section or the one-on-one with Mitchell fun or Mars Attacks. And and then there's like links to old podcasts and Uh, links to some TV stuff Mark and I did. And I think the site looks really cool. And there are photos and, uh, you know, it's something where you can get a little extra than if you're just listening to the podcast.
3: Yeah, through iTunes or whatever. All right, guys, well, we're going to wrap things up here on this episode of Talking Metal. We thank you for listening. And before we go, John, I want to just congratulate you on a great, great song that was released recently that you co-wrote. Yes, more. Uh, this, what is it called? It, give me a feeling, right? Yep.
4: Yes, it's "Give Me a Feeling," the new single from Space Invader, the upcoming album by Ace Frehley, which will be out on E One Records on July eighth, and the single "Give Me a Feeling" is available right now on iTunes. So, cool. I encourage everybody to go to iTunes and download that song for a buck twenty nine. It is a great. I did it Thank you, Mark. Yeah. Thank you, and thanks to everybody who uh, sent me notes on Facebook. I really appreciate it, and it's a dream come true for me to write a song with Ace Fraley. And uh, I think it's a killer. Great song.
3: response too. Eddie Trunk tweeted that this is the classic Ace sound, and right. Somebody said, uh, I think it was. I mean, it might have been Metal Sucks said ace out kisses kiss with the new with the new single Very sal cool. from the howard stern show said he loves it and this is how ace should sound so again the song written by you and ace you guys did a great job and just Thank uh you. can i can i pick your brain a bit do you guys like sit down with guitars and kind of hash stuff out or did you like play them ideas how how does how does writing a song with ace actually happen I've done it
4: a couple of different ways. Sometimes I have sent Ace ideas that I threw down on tape that weren't necessarily full songs but were song ideas. And I've also sat down in a room with Ace with a guitar and played him ideas. And uh, Ace and I have actually sat with guitars occasionally and and played each other stuff. And uh, it's just a, a really, really cool thing um ace is a a great songwriter and up until this experience that i have with working on an album with ace i didn't realize exactly how he wrote songs and i'm really impressed with his ability to to write and uh let me tell you guys a little sneak preview i am really really impressed with his vocals and his ability to uh, sing he's just getting better and better as a vocalist and uh, you guys will all hear that when you hear Space Invader.
3: Can't wait. Can't wait. And in the meantime, to whet your appetite, guys, go to iTunes and download the new single and download the new single, Give Me a Feeling, by John and Ace. Can I say yeah. it's, it's really by Ace, but, uh, you know, co-written yeah, it's by John. Co-written.
4: Yeah. yeah, it's uh, Ace Fraley's song co-written by Ace Fraley and John Ostrowski.
3: And awesome. uh, so here's let's end thing. with some classic ace. Let's How about end that? With,
4: yeah. Let's yeah. end with some classic solo ace. And uh, one yeah, we of just things... saw this
3: great four by fate show. Yeah, they we were saw playing four all by these fate. classic songs.
4: They were great. Yeah. And you know what? Although the four by fate show was like awesome, I want to give a shout out to the emperor. I want to give a shout out to the emperor of rock, the legendary Richie Scarlet. And why don't we hear one who of my?
2: opened, fa- the, show, yeah, way, who opened guys, the show. Yeah, who opened the show?
4: Why don't we hear one of my absolute favorite Ace tracks of all time, "Shot Full of Rock," off of "Trouble Walking,"
3: a song that he played when he opened for Four by Fate in Poughkeepsie Correct. a couple nights ago. Yeah, here it is, guys. Take care. We'll see you next Tuesday on Talking Metal. Every every Tuesday night we post these podcasts, so we'll see you then. Thanks, guys. Wake up, Jack.